We'll invite our children to head to the back if they'd like to for Children's Church, and we've got some good folks who'll take them downstairs. And while they're going, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for your love and that you will purify our hearts if we call upon you. You will forgive us and you'll help us then to live for you. And as we look at the life of David and what he had to encounter today, we pray that you will show us how we can live our lives free from envy and jealousy. Impress upon us, Lord, the danger of those negative emotions and show us, Lord, how that we can be in the center of your will to be more like David than like Saul. We pray that you'll lead us and teach us from your word and be with our children who are in children's church and, Lord, be with them as they hear about your love and grace. And we know that all the seeds of your word planted today, you will bring about a great harvest in your time. And we trust you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn for a few moments to 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel 18, as we look at the destructive darkness of envy. We have uh, uh, two weeks ago started a series of messages on David, King David, starting with him as a shepherd boy and how God called him in that humble situation to be the future king of Israel. But he's not on the throne yet. There's another king. King Saul is still on the throne. And God is at work to bring David to the throne in his own way. And then last week we saw how he triumphed over Goliath. David defeated Goliath. And now that follows with chapter 18 as we see Saul being plagued by what we would call envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy are emotions that can do great harm in our lives. In fact, it can be completely destructive. It can lead to bitterness. And you know, one person has said that uh, bitterness, being bitter and striking out at people, is like drinking poison yourself and waiting on the other person to die. Doesn't work too well. You poison yourself. And envy and jealousy are at the root of a lot of bitterness in people's lives. And we see that in the life of Saul, King Saul. So let me read. I'm just going to read verses 5 through 16 of this chapter today. And you can read the whole chapter on your own and see everything else. We're going to allude to some of the other verses. But in verse 5 of 18, it says, So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry. 
and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand, as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Envy and jealousy. You see these two emotions in Saul here as David returned from killing Goliath and the people began to shout their praises of David more than Saul. It just really ate at the heart of King Saul. Envy and jealousy will do that to you. Now, how do you distinguish between envy and jealousy? Well, it's not easy. In fact, many times you find that people will start talking about one and then they'll talk about the other because they really are emotions that are very similar and they go together. However, there is something of a distinction. Envy is when you want what someone else has. So you see something someone else is getting or they have and you're envious of that because you don't have it. In this case, Saul was hearing the people say of David, David has slain ten thousands. They weren't saying that about Saul. He was envious of the love that the people had for David, the praise that was being uttered for what David had done. He was envious of David. But jealousy is when you're worried someone else is trying to take what you do have. So envy is when you look at what someone has that you don't have and you're envious of them. You want it. It's like coveting. The old Bible word from the Ten Commandments, it's like coveting something that somebody else has. You want it for yourself. But it's beyond that. You not only want it for yourself, but you don't want them to have it at all. And jealousy then is when you're afraid someone's going to take from you what you already have. Saul was wrapped up in both, wasn't he? He was envious of the love that the people had for David and what they were saying about him. And he was afraid that David was going to take his kingdom. Now the truth is, he was afraid because he knew that God was going to give the kingdom to David. And when it says there that he said, now, now what more can he have but the kingdom? That tells you that jealousy was involved too. He was envious and he was jealous. Aristotle, all the way back to Aristotle, said, Envy is pain at the good fortune of others. So if you see someone else being praised 
or something good happening to another person, and that makes you mad. Envy is lurking around the corner. It's right there. It's at your doorstep. The Bible says we are to weep with those who weep, and we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. It's not God's will for us to be envious. John Rawls said, Jealousy involves the wish to keep what one has and envy the wish to get what one does not have. And we see both here with Saul. People who are stricken with envy and jealousy can be very skillful, very ingenious in plotting and seeking the downfall of other people. But in the end, they are the ones who end up destroying their own heart with bitterness. It's important that we see this and not let these two negative emotions control our lives. Now, you may, have, you may be struggling with this. You may not have ever identified it. Or you may know someone whose life is just torn apart. They're bitter. And the bottom line is it's because of envy. It's because of jealousy. That doesn't have to remain the, uh, the condition. God can change that. He can redeem us from those negative emotions. He can deliver us and help us to focus on him. When they were returning from the battle where David slew Goliath, the women credited Saul with slaying thousands, but David tens of thousands, and their praise of David being more lavish than it was for Saul, it didn't set right with Saul. And Saul, who had brought David into his presence to play the music, and he liked this young man, he was envious of what David had accomplished in killing, Saul, uh, killing Goliath, and then the praise that followed from that. The truth is, he should have been proud of it because David had won a great victory not only for himself but for all of Israel, for the kingdom of God's people. But all he could see was what it was doing to him. He didn't look at the larger picture. So what are some things that we can say about this from these verses? Well, the first thing, and it sounds simple, don't be envious of other people. So just stop it. Just stop it, okay? And we laugh at that, but you know, there is a point where we just have to say to ourselves, we have to recognize it for what it is, and that we are not immune to these emotions, and when we begin to feel this way, we need to say to ourselves, stop it. This is not right. I can't feed this monster. I can't continue to give myself over to this. It is a decision of the will. And I do think people have choices. Uh, we live in a day where people just sometimes, it's like they think, well, I, you know, I feel this way and I can't help it. And so they, they just go with it, you know. And they feel excused for doing it because, well, I've been through so much. And, you know, when I was five years old, this terrible thing may have happened. I lost my toy or whatever the thing was. And they just feel like I am entitled to feel this way. I'll tell you something I think is happening in our country. Envy is masquerading sometimes as justice. There are people who are screaming for what they say is justice, and all in the world it is, they are envious of other people. 
They want to take what other people have because they believe they're entitled to do so. That's envy. That isn't a positive thing, not for an individual or for a society. Envy is destructive. It does not lift you up. It only tears you down. It makes you weaker, not stronger. And so it's very important that we say to ourselves, it's not okay to be envious. It isn't what God would have us to be. Romans 1.29, Paul wrote, and uh, notice this is listed among some of the most wicked things that he could have listed. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Isn't it interesting that envy is right there listed with murder and strife and deceit? Titus 3.3 3 says that envy is a characteristic of the old man. Before you become a Christian, it isn't a characteristic of what ought to be a Christian's life. Paul said, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. That is not a characteristic of the presence of God in your life or mine. Job 5.2 says resentment kills a fool and envy slays the simple. And finally, Proverbs 14.30, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Remember that. I think that's, pub I think that's on your outline. Envy rots the bones. It's destructive. And that's what we see in Saul. He was a man who was on the throne. And instead of being a man willing to embrace the will of God for himself, for his kingdom, for David, he was not humble enough to yield to what God was doing. Instead, he let it make him envious and bitter. And it destroyed him. He not only wanted to be honored like David, but he really wanted David to be dishonored. He didn't want David to receive that kind of adulation. He wanted it for himself. Now, there would have been nothing wrong with Saul simply wanting to be an effective servant of God. For him to say, Lord, help me to be like David. But he didn't have that kind of heart. Instead, he just became destructively envious of David. And then a second thing, notice that envy seeks glory for self, not for God. And this is one of the real keys about overcoming envy. You see, Saul was not even thinking about the glory of God. Here were these women. They probably really should not have been saying uh, about either one of them. Saul has slain his thousands. David has slain his ten thousands. They probably should have been praising God. God's the one who delivered them. God's the one who enabled David to kill Goliath and deliver them. But instead, they were heaping praise on these two men. But it's not that they were doing that that bothered Saul. It didn't bother Saul that they weren't praising God. It's just that he didn't get as much praise as David did. The truth is, 
the praise, all of it should have been going to God himself. But that didn't bother Saul. He just wanted to have praise for self. Envy seeks glory for self, not for God. If we have a heart of humility before God and commitment to God, then we shouldn't even be thinking about ourselves. We should be thinking about God himself, praising him, giving him all the glory and bringing attention to who he is and what he has done and what he has accomplished. And then envy seeks to deprive others of what they have. It's not just wanting what someone else has, but you want to take it from them. You want to deprive them of what they do have. Look what it says there about Saul there in, in uh, the verses that we read. In verse uh, 9, after he had heard the women praising David more than him, it says, so Saul eyed David from that day forward. He eyed him. We know what that means, don't we? If you eye somebody, it means that you're keeping a watch on them. You're keeping an eye out for them because you don't trust them. You don't like them. You have something against them. And in this case, that's literally what it means. He had an eye of suspicion on David. He didn't trust that David was going to respect him. Now, David had done nothing but respect Saul, even though Saul really hadn't acted in a way that he deserved to be respected in many, many cases. But David had been a servant to Saul. But he looked at him wanting to take away what David had and what God was wanting to give to David. It was literally an eye of sin. It was an eye of iniquity that he was casting upon David looking for ways to harm him and if you read through the rest of this chapter you see two different times he tried to pin David to the wall he tried to kill him with a spear and then he gave him to he gave his daughter to him with the condition that he go out against the Philistines hoping that David would get killed in the battle of course that didn't happen because God was at work in David's life. Isn't that interesting? That negative thing David would remember and would be tempted by later on with Bathsheba. What did he do with Bathsheba's husband? Put him on the front of the battle so that he would be killed. David gave into that same thing later in his life. He learned negatively from Saul. What Saul tried to do to him, he would later do to Uriah. Now, he, he was terribly remorseful of that later and called upon God, and God forgave him. But it brought great harm into David's life, and we'll look at that event later on. But here, Saul was trying to kill David, trying to get him out of the way so that he could no longer be a threat to him. He was obsessed and that's what envy does. It makes you obsessed with another person and what they have. Wanting it for yourself and wanting to take it from them. And then finally, how can we avoid this destructive darkness of envy? 
Is it just something we are powerless in the face of? I think there are three things to do if you want to avoid envy. Number one, stay focused on God and His glory. Don't be worried about yourself getting praise and glory and adulation. Only want to bring glory to God in your life. And whatever God wants is a good thing. No matter what it means for you or for me, we ought to want whatever God wants, what He deems best, and what will bring praise and honor to Him. For Christians, this is the best way to avoid envy. Whatever is going on in your life, make it your priority. How can I bring glory to God in this situation? How can I point to Him, not to myself? And then secondly, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. You see, David, had a, he had a heart of gratitude. Whether he was out keeping the sheep or whether he was in the battle against Goliath or playing the harp or leading the army or becoming king, David was grateful for what God had done for him and was doing in his life. Are we grateful for what God has done in our life? Or are we just always thinking, I sure wish I was somewhere else. I sure wish I had other things. I sure wish this and I want that. Or do we ever stop and say, God, thank you for what you have blessed me with. The people, the opportunities. Be thankful for what you do have. Have a heart of gratitude to God. And it will make it very difficult for envy to take control in your life. At its very root, to be envious is to not be thankful to God. It is to say, I do not have what I need. I want what I don't have. God will provide what you need to be the person He wants you to be if you will follow Him and trust Him and seek Him with all of your heart. Be grateful to God. And then finally, focus on Jesus and His kingdom. That His kingdom would come. You see, lost in all this is what was going to be best for the kingdom of Israel? The kingdom that belonged to God. What would be best? Was it for Saul to behave this way and try to kill David, the man that God had called and anointed to be the next king? No, that, he wasn't thinking about what was best for Israel. He was thinking only about himself. And sometimes we can be so caught up in envy and jealousy that we're not thinking about what it's doing, not only to us, but to everybody else around us. Our family, the person that we're married to, the place that we work, whatever the situation. It's not about us. It's about the bigger picture. And for the Christian, it should always be about the kingdom of God. How do I help to extend the kingdom of God in the hearts of people? And that's why Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, but seek first. After he talked about needing food and clothing and all of those kinds of anxieties, what did Jesus say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So if there are things that you are just living your life for, hoping to acquire someday that you don't have, put the kingdom of God first 
and then let God add to you what you need. And then you'll truly be satisfied. Then you'll truly be grateful. Instead of being this bitter, angry person like Saul, be like David. Put God first and trust him to provide what you need. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're so grateful that you can help us to live above what we would naturally be like. We don't have to be controlled by the things of this world. Instead, we can truly live on a higher plane, walking with you and letting you control our thoughts and our actions. Help us, Lord. Deliver us from envy and jealousy, from ill will toward other people. And instead, help us to focus on you. Help us, Lord, to be grateful for who you are and what you have done for us. And help us to want more than anything else for your kingdom to be honored and glorified and extended through our lives. If there's someone here today, Lord, who just needs to privately or maybe even publicly come to the front. Maybe they need to pray with somebody about this matter or something that you've laid upon their heart. We want your will to be done right now. But help us, Lord, if we are struggling with envy or jealousy, to just confess that to you, to just lay it on the table before you and ask you to deliver us, to forgive us. And we believe by faith you will respond when we call upon your name. May your will be done now in these moments of invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to